Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Hello, everybody. I'm Robert Evans, and this is Once Again Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history. Now, here, once again, uh, I'm away from my comfy recording studio in Los Angeles and in Portland, Oregon. Tomorrow, there's going to be a rally by a group called Patriot Prayer, who, if you haven't heard about, we will be talking about them at length today. But with me today are two guests, and how would you guys like to identify yourselves? Uh, my name is David, and I'm a spokesperson for Rose City Antifa. My name is Isaac, and I'm a spokesperson for Rose City Antifa as well. So yeah, you guys are uh, anti-fascist activists. Fox News would chire on you as Antifa in, uh, in, in square quotes. I think that's probably fair to say, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, today we're going to talk about a guy named Joey Gibson and a group called Patriot Prayer, which I'm going to guess a lot of listeners probably haven't heard of, but they've kind of turned the city of Portland into a battleground over the last almost two years now um, at a pretty regular basis. So that's who we're talking about today. I know you guys are coming at this with a bit of a bias, obviously, based on your position. I'm coming at this with a bit of a bias, too, because I've just spent the last two weeks reading about Joey Gibson, and uh, it's kind of hard not to when you read the receipts. So that's what we're going to do today, is read some receipts. So y'all ready to get into it? Sure, let's go for it. Okay. Joey Gibson is a one-time failed Republican Senate candidate. Uh, He's the founder of Patriot Prayer, and either 33 or 34 years old, Wikipedia does not seem to know one way or the other, but maybe we'll get that information out of him someday. I would say he's probably the canniest gangster in our new weird age of right-wing street gangs. He certainly seems to have more on the ball than a guy like Gavin McGinnis. And I'm going to guess Gavin McGinnis is probably more well-known by most people listening to this right now. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think Gavin McGinnis is probably more well-known across the country, whereas Joey Gibson is much more of a regional figure here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and I I think that's a little bit dangerous, because I think that 
that Joey represents a significantly higher threat. So the Proud Boys, you know, they, they assaulted a bunch of people in New York pretty recently. They're going to be holding a rally as well on the 17th in Philadelphia. But they're kind of fundamentally absurd in a lot of areas, which, you know, has maybe helped to make people not take them as seriously. But I also think there's kind of a limit to the sort of coverage that a group that the Proud Boys can get, you know. Mainstream news talking about a group where all the members refuse to masturbate uh, and punch each other while naming breakfast cereals and stuff. It's a little hard for someone sitting in their house watching a Fox News report to see that person as like, oh, well, this is the good guy. Maybe they think they think those people are kind of weird. Patriot Prayer has taken a very different tactic towards their activism, and I, I think it's probably one that's going to prove more successful in the long run. While the Proud Boys have been widely deplatformed and widely condemned after the attacks in New York, although not totally, Patriot Prayer still has most of their platforms and access to most of their platforms. They've been kicked off of Facebook. I don't think they've been kicked off of Twitter. I think they're still on PayPal as well, if I'm not mistaken. I know that uh, some of their financial campaigns were shut down fairly recently over the last few weeks. I can't remember exactly which platforms. Um, I know, I think Teespring was one that they sold their merchandise through and a few others. But um, yeah, I'm not sure about PayPal specifically. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Patriot Prayer. They bill themselves as a nonpartisan free speech activism group. Joey's usual spiel when asked about Patriot Prayer goes something like this. Uh, I'm going to quote Joey here. This isn't a political thing. I'm not out here to tell you who to vote for. That's not what Patriot Prayer is about. Patriot Prayer is about trying to build a healthy culture and to stand out against the hate. You stand against Antifa and the communists. Stand against the white supremacists, the Nazis, whoever it may be. You stand against all these people who think that they run the streets, who think that they can control people with fear. And so Patriot Prayer has always been about going into these areas where people are too afraid to speak up. I mean, that's just absurd. If you look at what Joey Gibson does, what he really is is part of the entryist movement of fascism into more conservative circles. That's what he's done since his first public demonstration in Montevilla um, in 2017. What he really does is take much more far-right ideas and spread them in a much more mainstream conservative circles. That's why you see people like Tiny, his kind of right-hand man, wearing a Pinochet did nothing wrong, Mm -hmm. right-wing death squad t-shirt at a march. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that later. I think what's important now is that regardless of its inaccuracy, the branding does seem to be effective and that it seems to be accomplishing several of his goals. No national media organization would ever be openly sympathetic to Nazi skinheads, obviously. But a group like Patriot Prayer, who goes around wrapped in the flag uh, and who bills themselves as against all forms of extremism, is a little bit easier to uh, you know get positive media coverage out of. And I think Joey's been somewhat successful in engineering a little bit of that. For example, here's how Fox News covered uh, an October 13th Patriot Prayer Rally. Patriot Prayer Rally in Portland turns bloody. American flag saved from flames. That's the whole title. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the whole... <laughs> now, were either of you there at that October 13th rally? Um, October 13th, that was this year in 2018. Yeah, I think that was the flash mob thing that he, yeah. he threw together. Yeah. Um, I was not personally there, no, but there were people from our group there uh, observing and, and seeing what was going down at that event. Yeah, it was billed as a flash mob for law and order, which are kind of two weird things to hold together. And it was, I think, one or two days after the Proud Boys assaulted a bunch of people in New York City. And in fact, it seems like they often time their rallies together. I don't know how much. I know there is that a number of Patriot Prayer members, including Joey's right-hand man, Tiny, 
are also Proud Boys, uh, and you'll see a lot of them in Proud Boys shirts. And mm-hmm. I know that the Proud Boys are holding a march in Philadelphia on the same day that Patriot Prayer is holding their march on the 17th, yep. but I don't know how much coordination there is between them. Yeah. I think the deal with that event on October 13th was there was actually a vigil being held to memorialize a uh, African-American man who had been shot by the Portland police. And because of an altercation that had happened at that vigil earlier in the week, Patriot Prayer decided to come down there and confront the people holding the vigil. So that was really the reason that they went out there. And they had a whole lot of different sort of descriptions of what they were out there doing. You know, the the law and order thing, the whole, they were protesting against the mayor. They also at one point said that they wanted to pay their respects at the vigil, even though they went and attacked people who were at the vigil. You know, so so they really like have this whole uh, library of different descriptions of what it is that they're doing um, when in actuality what they're doing is they're coming out looking to intimidate people and fight people. But yeah, if you if you spend any amount of time reading the news articles written about Joey Gibson uh, or talk to Joey Gibson, you'll get the same handful of basic biographic bullet points about the man. He grew up in Camas, Washington, uh, with, quote, good parents and strict rules. He describes himself as a rebellious teen who had a lot of run-ins with the law. Here's a quote from an article about him in The Columbian. After his senior football season, Gibson, a quarterback, got in trouble with the law. There was alcohol, probation violations, and a break-in at a restaurant in Washigal. He spent some time in jail, which led to him dropping out of school. For a time, Gibson was homeless, living in Portland, Seattle, Mexico, Hawaii, and making bad decisions, he said. Which, uh, it, it reminds me a lot about if you've, if you've gone to, like, evangelical tent revivals. The preachers and stuff at those revivals always have, you know, I was, uh, I was doing LSD, I was running around with gangs, you know, I was uh, uh, high-rising and low-sliding, popping reds and busting heads, kicking in doors and banging whores. It's, it's the way they all, uh, uh, I don't know, and I think it is something on the far right where if you're going to portray yourself as sort of this uh, inspiring figure, you start by talking about, and I know Tiny does the same thing. He always will say, like, I used to be like the Antifa guys, filled with anger and, you know, crime and all this yeah. stuff. And then, yeah. yeah. That's actually a lie on Tiny's part, by the way. He has this whole narrative about how he used to be on the left and be anti-Trump and then was converted over, but he actually never was. He was actually a Republican before Trump was even running for office. That's something that we've uncovered. Same thing with Joe Gibson. I mean, I think there's this whole narrative of, you know, rebirth or, um, you know, recovery that he wants to push out there. But, you know, I mean, dude broke into a locally owned restaurant and stole $1,400 worth of checks and cash. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that, you know, I don't know how you spin that as being like a youthful rebellious phase or what, but <laughs> he's also stolen money from other Patriot Prayer members. There was a a long-running sort of monetary dispute between him and a member called Justin Harrington, where, you know, Joey admitted that he owed Justin, I think it was more than $1,000, but that he was never going to pay it back, and Justin was trying to get this money back from him, and it was a thing in that group for a little bit. Yeah, with with Joey Gibson, you know, he has a lot of these sorts of narratives that he tries to tap, and I think that's the thing you're you're saying, is that he he's, seems to be able to kind of pluck these strings of these national narratives of of politics in a way that resonates with certain uh, conservative news agencies. But, you know, it's really very paper thin. You know, you look beneath the sort of his spiel, you look beneath his words that he puts out there, these few sound bites, and you start looking at what he does and you just see how duplicitous he is. I mean, the, the whole idea that he, you said in your first quote, he said he wasn't trying to get anybody elected. The Patriot Prayer events that he had in Portland over the last year were specifically billed as campaign yeah. events for his Senate campaign. Joey Gibson for Senate, yeah. <laughs> in Washington, so, of course. Yeah, yeah. so he's running, for, he's running for Senate in Washington. 
throwing these campaign events here in Oregon and then saying that he's not trying to get anybody elected. That it's just like there's no end of the ridiculousness with this guy. And that's the thing. One of the difficulties that I can say as a journalist trying to cover this is that you are expected and the job is to try to tell both sides of it, to try to present things as objectively as possible. But in order to present someone like Joey objectively, if you just put out what he says and you don't dig in any deeper into it, then you will come across with him looking the way he wants to look, essentially. Like, that's the thing. When you've got 30 seconds in a news broadcast to be like, here's what Patriot Prayer is. Here's what Antifa is. A lot of people are going to wind up thinking Joey's the guy on the right side of this. Yeah, or or at least that there's some sort of equivalency, you know, as a narrative that we see a lot. And you've seen that here in the local media here in the Portland area where it started out with this narrative of both sides, you know, this kind of like, oh, two different extremist groups facing off in the street, et cetera, et cetera. But over time, the local media has really come around and seen like, actually, these two sides are completely different. There's one side that brings out all these white supremacists and Nazis and violent people. And then there's the local community-based groups that are organizing in order to defend their community against this. And really, the two sides have nothing to do with each other, except for the fact that one is trying to defend the city against the other. And it's it's been, um, you know gratifying on our part, I think, as those community activists organizing to defend the community, to see the local media kind of realize, you know, for the first time Joey comes out and does his spiel, they might repeat it word for word. But over time, as they see the evidence sort of building up, they see these sorts of receipts piling up about Joey Gibson and the people in his groups and what they actually do. Then we see this kind of awareness starting to build. We see the media kind of learning that the uh, narrative is only skin deep and looking for the actual truth. And there's actually been some pretty decent investigative reporting in the local area digging into Patriot Prayer and and who these people actually are. And that's gratifying to see. The national media, on the other hand, hasn't quite got there yet. Yeah, I think the issue is that the national media doesn't have quite this this timeline and like kind of soaking in Joey Gibson's... His stream of his crap. crap. His, stream, <laughs> his stream of crazy shit. Yeah. The local media can catalog at each event you know the fights the people throwing up hitler salutes the slurs whereas the national media comes in sees one event sees joey's speech and then leaves and so it's really that that time spent with joey's vileness that allows you to like really understand what he is and what he does. Yeah, and his his speeches, I was just listening to one when you guys walked in, and it was all, and I think a lot of them are about getting past hate, moving past it. He'll address the crowd of counter-protesters and be like, you know, you, you guys have so much hate in your hearts. That's what we're trying to, like, you know, fight against is all this this hate and anger that the far left has against America. And, and yeah, it's when you have the receipts, you can see how hollow it is. But speaking as someone who grew up in deep Texas, uh, and who comes from a very conservative background, it plays with a lot of people. Let's get back into his background just a little bit more before we move up to the present day. So we just talked about his bad days when he was uh, committing fraud, robbing places. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then his middle school PE coach asked if he wanted to coach football, and Joey claims to have used that as the inspiration to sort of clean his life up. Uh, He says he got his GED, and he went to Central Washington University. I know he got caught up in trying to flip houses during the market crash in 2008, and in general, he seems to have had a pretty normal road up until about the 2016 election. Now, he claims he was always passionate in politics, but says that, quote, it's always been sitting in my house complaining like everyone uh, until on June 2nd, 2016, he says he watched coverage of violence outside a Trump rally in San Jose. He claims this made him worry that people would be put off from taking part in politics if they saw violence at political rallies. <laughs> quote, 
<laughs> yeah. That put a fire in me that I never experienced in my entire life. Something changed in me at that moment in time, because at that point, I decided our country is not America anymore, and that was the first time I saw that. Yeah. So, this is Joey Gibson's origin story, courtesy of Joey Gibson. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty hilarious when you think about the number of videos of violence that have occurred at his rallies that yeah. he's shared on Facebook, the number of speakers that he's invited to his rallies that specifically have a message of hate and intolerance and encourage that sort of violence. He had a speaker at one of his rallies that suggested that anti-fascist activists and immigrants should be put on the curb and have their heads stomped in. Yeah. You know, like, where's the peace and love there, Joey? You well, know? but can you, can you imagine, though, if we lived in a country where that guy felt unsafe to talk about curb stomping? Stomping people, like that's not America, you know. You know, and this is this is a thing that you know. The, uh, we feel like the media has really kind of gotten over this narrative, but this narrative of free speech is really entrenched in a lot of people's minds here in the United States. That this that people have this right to say whatever they want at any time, and they should be given a, a microphone and a stage and a lectern in order to kind of spit out that um, sort of vile rhetoric. But, you know, the thing that we always say is really it's like the actions. You know, the speech is mm -hmm. not separated from the actions. And everything that Joey says, even these, you know, very uh, kind of mild ecumenical messages that he's putting out there, you really can't unlink that from the violence that occurs because of what he does. So, you know, he always tries to keep his hands clean. He always steps back when the fight breaks out. And then he just posts the video later on Facebook. He tries to insulate himself from all that so he can continue to have this message um, and and try to make that message sound uh, sincere and genuine, but but really you can't separate these two things. And anybody who's lived in Portland or been to any of these rallies, they have that uh, that connection between him and the the events that happen at his uh, rallies very cemented in their mind. Yeah. Now, uh, Joey claims that uh, that this watching this violence on uh, in 2016 in uh, San Jose is what you know inspired him to buy a ticket to the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, which was apparently his first time traveling for politics. Uh, now, I was at the RNC that year too, and I covered most of the major demonstrations and street actions and protests at that point. And this was before there were obviously anti-fascist activists who existed since the 20s or 30s, but Antifa was not a term that people used at that point. There was some black bloc stuff going on then, but that's a I think it was fair to say a different... It wasn't popularly known, I would say. People yeah. were definitely using the term, but yeah, it, oh, wasn't, okay. it didn't have the, the sort of media recognition that it does now. Yeah, the earliest I can find it in mainstream media is about early 2017. But yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. really exploded into the national consciousness yeah. with the Milo Yiannopoulos rally at, yeah. at Berkeley, I'd say, and also um, the J20 demonstrations in, in Washington, D.C. So yeah. like, right in the beginning of 2017 is really when it started to to become a national term. Yeah, get that recognition. And the uh, demonstrations and protests at the RNC were, I, I'm not going to say they were calm, but I would not qualify them as bloody. You know, I was on the ground pretty much the entire time. I didn't see tear gas deployed in the areas I was in. A couple of people got injured at a scuffle that broke out over a flag burning. A biker attacked some people burning a flag, and a couple of people got injured. But it was, it was really, considering it was the RNC and what everybody was expecting, it was a pretty mild event, or the protests were, were relatively mild. It was, it was fairly peaceable. And actually, I think a lot of us were really relieved by that, because everything leading up to the RNC had led a lot of people to expect that it was going to be kind of a bloodbath. And when it wasn't, most people were kind of relieved. Joey Gibson was not relieved. He saw this lack of outrageous bloodletting and decided he needed to do something about it. <laughs> Quote, I noticed that the left owned the streets, so I came back committed to getting people involved, to getting people on the street, the libertarian, the conservative. 
So when Joey got home, he put together some flags and he started marching around in Clark County, Washington. At least that's his description of sort of his origin uh, or the origin of Patriot Prayer. Quote, because I didn't know what to do. He gradually attracted people, and in October of 2016, Patriot Prayer threw a rally in Esther Short Park in Vancouver, Washington. It was in support of Donald Trump. That's his claim sort of as the origin of, of Patriot Prayer's rallies, is he went to the RNC, he saw the left owned the streets, and he just started marching around in Vancouver until people glommed on around him, basically. I think that's a much more accurate sort of dis- description of what his motivation is, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, he, and you see that in, in their in their discourse and their rhetoric, especially from the followers more than Joey Gibson himself, a lot of times, this idea that the uh, the streets of a particular city have to be reclaimed from yeah. the left, reclaimed from the their sort of demonized notion of communism taking over the streets of Portland or Seattle or whatever city it is. Yeah, because from where I'm sitting, what I saw at the RNC, which is like protests where, you know, we had a, there were a bunch of um, dreamers who dressed up as pieces of a wall and sort of peacefully walled off the RNC for like, you know, a, a, num- a number of minutes. And there were, you know, speeches and stuff and there were some marches, but there wasn't street fighting. The violence I saw was in line with like someone pulling a sign out of another guy's hand and stopping it on the ground. I saw that kind of thing a couple of times, but nobody was like beating each other bloody. And I guess that's what it looks like when the left owned the streets. And that's (laughs) (laughs) Joey wasn't a fan of that. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the, the rise of Patriot Prayer and the increasingly bloody rallies and how the city and the police have responded to them. Uh, But first... Ads. You guys want to, before we, we, we go to the ads that paid us, you want to give free ads to any random products in your life? Anything you like? Uh, I, not that I can think of <laughs> at this time. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a free plug for Lipton tea bags, the only tea bags currently sitting on the table that we're occupying. So grab yourself some Lipton tea bags and buy the other wonderful products that advertise on this show. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We've all got a lot going on right now, especially this year. A lot of stress, different stresses, big things, small things, medium things, family things, friend things, loved one things, just, you know, things. And when we keep those things bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a good way to get those things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy's helped me learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. And therapy can empower you to be, you know, a better or at least happier version of yourself. It's not just for people who have experienced trauma or who are dealing with something immediate and serious. It can just be a way to kind of perform maintenance on your own person. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash behind today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash behind. We're back. and We're talking about knowing how to do things, which the editor of this podcast does. And thank God, because otherwise it would sound terrible. I don't edit these podcasts. You guys ready to get back in the Joey Gibson and Patriot Prayer and his magical journey? Yep. Okay. Let's talk. So. In most of the articles you read about Joey, you'll run into a story about him at an early Patriot Prayer rally in 2017. He got into a shouting match with a counter-protester, stole the protester's sign, and tore it up on camera. Then Joey apologized and gave the man $20. Most recitations of this story end with a variation of the line, they parted shaking hands. Now, I think the point of this anecdote is to make Joey Gibson look like a, ah, gee shucks, he's just a decent guy, he gets a little passionate at times, but, you know, he's a, he's a good man at his heart, he, he doesn't want this sort of, any sort of violence. Um, and I've, I've run across this story a lot, so I think it has to be one of the major anecdotes he tells about himself to reporters. Again, as you noted, I've run into this less in the more recent coverage, but certainly the stuff from, like, mid-2017, this story is dropped a lot. Here's another quote from an article about him in The Colombian. On Facebook videos and YouTube, he preaches, hatred is a disease. He counts the Reverend Martin Luther King among his political heroes. He once invited a transgender person to speak at one of his rallies because he said it's time all people were accepted. Which is a legitimately smart, I guess, I don't know, like it's it's an interesting tactic to be like, okay, we had this one trans person speak, so it's okay that I have guys talking about curb stomping too. Yeah. Everybody gets to speak. Yeah. I mean, I think with every one of these little anecdotes, there's an obvious and overwhelming counter (laughs) example of something that he'd done. Like, for example, in 2017, he personally provided security for the hell shaken street preachers when they came down to protest the trans march at Pride. Yeah. So he's like, "I'm, I'm letting transgender people speak at my events, but I'm also supporting these violent people who attack trans pride yeah everyone gets a say the people who want to live and the people who want to kill them both of their opinions are valid 
Now, Joey Gibson is an Asian-American man. Patriot Prayer has several non-white members, which they regularly point to in order to prove that they aren't a hate group. And I definitely agree that it's unfair to call them Nazis, because Nazism is a very specific political ideology that I, I don't see shared by Joey. I do, however, think, after pretty intense research, that it is fair to call Patriot Prayer and Mr. Gibson fascists. And I, I think that they're lying when they claim not to be. Now, I, I guess, first off, what do you think about that? I don't think... Most of them are fascist. I think they are like facilitating fascist entryism. Mm -hmm. I think there's obviously a lot of members of Patriot Prayer who are sure. white nationalists, who are white supremacists, who are fascists. But as for whether Joey himself is, I think he's probably more of a like very extreme, like paleo conservative, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, something that they try and say about us a lot of times is that everybody that Antifa doesn't like is a is a Nazi and a fascist. Mm -hmm. And for us, the typology is actually really important, the distinguishing between the different types of fascists that are attending these events and the, the different sorts of nationalist politics that are in play, especially right now in our, in our current times in this country. So I think I think most people in Patriot Prayer I would call them white nationalists. You know, yeah. they they definitely have a racial component to their to their language. They are uh, promoting you know this idea of anti diversity, um, this idea of uh, this kind of reactionary anti anti diversity, anti feminism, all these sorts of things. Promoting this uh, this uh, sort of vision that this country is for a particular people and those people are the most important people, and they want to use that to bolster their um, idea of like a, a strong nationalist government. However, um, as Isaac was just saying, yeah, definitely the entryism is something that's particularly concerning is the fact that making these arguments, which they can kind of hide and sneak into the mainstream, um, they're also attracting what are we would call like actual Nazis, you know, the, the sorts of people who, uh, you know, lionize Hitler, believe in uh, killing the, the Jews and genociding other at-risk populations. Um, you know, all all of these things can be seen coming into his rallies because he attracts it like a magnet. Well, and I do think it's this is part of why it's important to have a deep understanding of kind of what went on in Weimar Germany before the rise of the Nazi Party, because a lot of the people who were early supporters of Hitler and the supporters of the Nazi Party were not necessarily people who could cleanly be described as fascists. Like Otto Strasser was a major thinker in the early Nazi period. And a guy who near the end of his life before he was executed in the Night of Long Knives had actually changed in a lot of his attitudes. He was definitely very far extreme right, but he was also at one point courted by the German government as a guy who they thought could split the Nazi party in half because he was much more moderate than Hitler. And we lose a lot of that nuance in history, but I do think it's important that like a group can achieve fascist ends without everybody in the group being an avowed fascist. We try not to refer back to you know the pre World War II Germany example all the time because there's plenty of other op uh, sure. examples of fascism that are also important to recognize, and that one kind of gets brought up a lot and kind of built up into this you know end all be all example of what uh, a fascist government looks like. But I think I think to your point. You know, the fact that there were a number of right-wing political parties that yeah. were in coalition in order to bring the Nazi government into power is an important thing to note. Yeah. yeah, this is what we've seen actually in Portland. You know, Joey's events will attract, you know, the Daily Stormers, Identity Europa. Um, he'll be working with Kyle Chapman, um, Amber Cummings of Resist Marxism, who's the trans woman that he um, had speak at his rally, who is, I think, a white nationalist or white supremacist um, and has identified herself as that. So he is able to sort of build this 
white nationalist, white supremacist, fascist coalition. He's able to bring the Proud Boys and the Daily Stormer people into like the same rally space. Yeah. And it's like there's there's a we talked about on a previous podcast, there's a long history of fascist groups bringing in in America, particularly bringing in sort of diverse people to uh, like a. The, uh, the German-American Bund and the Silver Shirts had a guy named Chief Red Cloud, who was a, a Native American who wore swastikas on his headdress and talked about sort of the alliance of Native Americans and Aryans against the Jews and stuff like that. And that's, there's a long history of sort of a diversity within fascist movements. Yeah, and, and you see them talking about this and, and constantly relying on this as a talking point, you know, oh, we have a Samoan person, so we clearly can't be racist. And, you yeah. know, Jason Kessler, the guy who organized the Unite the Right rallies in Charlottesville, in some of the leaked chat logs that came out about the organizing for that, he specifically said, like, we need to get some people of color to kind of be our argument for the fact that we're not actually racist. Yeah. Even though in the same chat logs, they're making tons of anti-Semitic and racist comments. And for Unite the Right, too, I think he actually pointed to Tiny as an example of someone they wanted to bring yeah. to that. Exactly, he did. Yeah. Now, there's another couple other reasons, I think, to see a lot of fascism in Patriot Prayer. One of them is, as you stated, the Pinocheted Nothing Wrong shirts, which seem to be fairly popular with at least a certain subset of Patriot Prayer members, including uh, Mr. Tiny. The back of these shirts often has the graphic of a helicopter with people being flung out of it and the text, Make Communists Afraid of Rotary Aircraft Again. Now, if this seems a little bit obscure to people listening, Augusto Pinochet was the brooder dictator of Chile. He executed thousands and tortured tens of thousands in addition to raping nuns with dogs. His were famous for their death flights, uh, which is, of course, when they would take suspected communists and other uh, insurgents and fling them out of helicopters to their deaths. Pinochet shirts and other right-wing apparel worn by Patriot Prayer members also often includes the phrase RWDS, which stands for right-wing death squads. Although uh, I know at least one time when Tiny has been confronted about the fact that he had this on his shoulder, he claimed not to know what the letters stood for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the Pinochet example is actually really interesting because it's kind of an example of this fascist creep in yeah. the Patriot Prayer movement. If you look back at like early or mid-2017, some of the waterfront rallies in, in June, July, and August, there were, you know, kids at those rallies, kind of 4chan, edgelords, um, who would, you know, be there with like a free helicopter rides mm-hmm. sign, be doing like chants like, you can't run, you can't hide, you get helicopter rides. We saw that, I think, in early December at the Kate Steinle. Yeah. Rally in 2017. In 2017, and then you see that creep into people like Tiny, other people who now wear, you know, explicitly like we support Pinochet shirts. So that's kind of what the trajectory of fascist ideas in the Patriot Prayer movement in general is like. They kind of get introduced and then they get adopted at large. The fascist creep point is really a, a pretty salient one and an important one. Just the fact that it seems like things have gotten more visibly extreme over the last year or so of rallies. Um, would you say that's accurate based on your experiences? Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, the violent aspect is is certainly one um, aspect of how things have gotten more extreme, but also the discourse and the language. You know, that uh, quote we were discussing earlier about Patriot Paris saying they were going to cleanse the streets of Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't hear that kind of discourse happening back in early 2017. But over time, that sort of thing has become much more common. We're seeing the instances of references to Pinochet and other violent dictators sort of stepping up. Um, with that language comes the actual physical violence as well. 
Yeah, and, and Tiny has been particularly pictured in and around a lot of explicit fascists, including uh, he's, he's posted pictures on Facebook with the logo of American Guard, which is a very far-right group run by a Klansman. That Joey actually himself has disavowed like a day before his right-hand man wound up posting on Facebook with their you know logo on him. There's a picture of him I've got shaking hands with a guy wearing a sun and rad tattoo on his, his inner forearm, which is uh, essentially what, what Nazis like to wear when they got to pick something a little bit more subtle than a swastika. Yeah, that man is Jarl Rockhill, who um, was a patriot prayer attendee for a long amount of time, several months. And you know we had the receipts on that the whole time. Joey can't have not known that this guy was a Nazi and that he was also um, convicted of statutory rape. Um, So it was, in fact, that that got him finally kicked out, even though Joey had known about this statutory rape charge for for a couple weeks and then finally had to kick him out over it. But it wasn't the Nazism that got him kicked out. (laughs) Well, in the the video wherein Tiny is seen shaking hands with this guy, which was posted by Just In Media, which I understand are affiliated with with Patriot Prayer. Would that be... Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the title of the video is Tiny Shaking Hands to Piss Off Antifa, which is, again, like, we're being friendly with Nazis because it triggers them or something like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, on August 7th, 2017, Joey hosted a rally in Portland. Patriot Prayer members marched with members of the white nationalist organization Identity Europa. Uh, IE was also present at the first Bloody Unite the Right rally. They're pretty extreme, I think it would be fair to say. Tim Baked Alaska, GNA. He's a fascist entertainer who regularly professes open admiration for Adolf Hitler. Uh, he was also a headliner at the first Unite the Right rally. Uh, he was on a lot of the posters and stuff. Jason Kessler really bragged about having him as a git. Uh, Baked Alaska is not the kind of guy you hang out with if you aren't cool being identified as someone who hangs out with fascists. And on October 2017, Joey Gibson let Baked Alaska give a speech at a Patriot Prayer rally. During that rally, Baked Alaska also live-streamed himself getting other members of Patriot Prayer to repeat the 14 words, a neo-Nazi slogan about securing the future for white children, essentially. Um, it's not hard to find these connections, is the point. There's more yeah. that, yeah, we could, we could get into were there more time. And I think, you know, that's that's really like a lot of what we do actually as activists is yeah. dig that up and do the research on that and then make sure that we document that and put that online in articles on our website. Because, you know, that's the sort of stuff that Joey isn't going to tell you. And that's the sort of stuff that we really feel that it's important for people to know about him so that they can counteract the things that he says with those kinds of uh, evidence of activity. Yeah. And I, I do think that's an important point that uh, these sort of people marching in the streets with their faces covered are one aspect of anti-fascist organization. And in terms of like time spent, probably a larger aspect is research and, you know, the, the trying to make these connections. And yeah, make it very absolutely. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, another man who marched with Patriot Prayer was Jeremy Christian. He showed up at Gibson's March for Free Speech rally on April 29th, 2017. I'm not aware of other times that he marched with Patriot Prayer. Uh, That's the only time that we're aware of. He wore a very large chain around his neck and an American flag as a cape. We'll have a picture of him on our website, BehindTheBastards.com. He also had a Portland Police Bureau t-shirt. He looked like the kind of guy you would sort of write off as a harmless kook at a rally. I've seen a bunch of guys not very differently attired, but he was not a harmless kook. As you guys know very well, less than a month later on May 26, 2017, Christian was on a Portland Max light rail train. He started shouting racial slurs and anti-Muslim slurs at two teenage girls and three very brave men, Ricky John Best, Callison Murden Namkai Mesh, 
and Micah David Cole Fletcher confronted him in an attempt to protect both young women. Christian stabbed Best and Namkai Mesh to death and badly wounded Fletcher. When he was arrested, Jeremy Christian told the police, I just stabbed a bunch of expletive in their neck. I hope they all die. He later added, that's what liberalism gets you. Now, uh, Christian had a pretty long and involved criminal history prior to this. He'd been arrested for armed robbery and spent a large chunk of his adult life in prison. He regularly made death threats on Facebook uh, and, in general, showed very obvious signs of being a dangerous person. Gibson claims that Jeremy was just some nut who showed up at one of his rallies. In interviews afterwards, he made it clear that he views himself as a victim in this tragic mass stabbing as well. He told CBS <laughs> that his political enemies are unfairly using the fact that he played host to a white nationalist terrorist. Quote, that's the frustrating part. They're trying to use it to control me, to make me stand down, and I won't do it. Uh, I cannot ensure that some crazy person is going to show up and make a horrible decision. I can't control everybody. You know, not only did Jeremy Christian show up at his rally, he also posted tons of violent threats on the Patriot Prayer event page and, uh, you know, talked about demasking and attacking Antifa. And all of Joey Gibson's followers were gung-ho about it. They mm -hmm. were liking the post. They were commenting um, affirmatively to that. And Joey Gibson allowed that to remain on his post without any problem because it was consistent with his message and consistent with the beliefs of his other uh, followers who he isn't going to disavow in that way. Well, and it's consistent with uh, the messages that we've seen posted, or at least one of the messages that we've seen posted in advance of the rally that's going to happen tomorrow. Some guy named Jacob's Ladder posted in the Facebook group for this. Another opportunity to kick some Antifa asses as good as any other day. Count me in. Portland has a plethora of lunatics from left who need a whooping. Yeah, and uh, you see it, you know, just all the time. It's a constant feature of Patriot Prayer's Facebook page, the threats against the left, against really anyone who disagrees with Patriot Prayer. Just recently, you know, the um, Council on American Islamic Relations in Oregon got um, the web funding page for Patriot Prayer shut down. I think it was maybe giving steam or something like that. Um, they got it shut down, and immediately the threats like, we should burn down care offices was posted on Patriot Prayer's page. So, Joey can't really disavow Jeremy Christian because it's also that online environment that Joey creates that leads to the violence in the streets, the slurs, the attacks on people on the max. It's just as much that as it is the street rallies. Yeah, and, and you know, at uh, one of Jeremy Christian's uh hearings you know court hearings he like said he said out loud death to rose city antifa yeah. and then joey gibson before one of his august rallies this year in 2018 was selling t-shirts to raise money that had a tombstone that said rose city antifa on it yeah so really their messages are exactly the same yeah and we'll continue to talk about that after the break because there's another Patriot Prayer member who's made some explicitly knife-based threats that rose city antifa exposed pretty recently so we'll get into that but first it's time for an ad pivot. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. 
The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. We're talking about Joey Gibson, Patriot Prayer. And uh, right now what we're talking about is sort of Gibson's claims that in spite of the fact that a guy who attended one of his rallies and posted violent threats on his Facebook page, stabbed two people, Patriot Prayer is not a violent organization. He has repeatedly said that he will not tolerate any of his members advocating violence. I don't want them at the rally and they'll be kicked out. And it is possible, theoretically, that somebody hosting mass gatherings regularly, like Joey Gibson, would purely by accident draw in a single crazy and dangerous person. That's a, anyone who hosts a rally. It's a potential worry. You know, it could happen once. But as we've already talked about, this is not a one-off. Uh, and there's examples of other people who very much frighten me that seem to have the kind of potential to be someone like Jeremy Christian. And one of them was very recently exposed by Someone at Rose City Antifa, because I found this on y'all's Twitter page. Joshua Sintel is a Patriot Prayer follower and someone who will likely be on the rally at the 17th. Here's something he said in a live stream video. I don't need no firearms because I like knives. God, I hate these SJWs, and I can't wait to get up to Portland and see them in fucking person. Because I will. I've already talked to this guy in the Proud Boys. You want to do away with whatever the fuck you want to do away with Antifa, I'm going to fucking come up to Portland and murder your fucking asses. So certainly seems like the kind of potential to uh, be another Jeremy Christian. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that guy, uh, Joshua Sentel, was at the rally on uh, June 30th. The, and he was right there on the front lines. He was shouting racial slurs, giving Nazi salutes, and he never got kicked out of their rally. So apparently they're cool with that. 
yeah, it does seem to take a pretty long history of open support of fascism before you get kicked out of the rallies. But I guess we'll see. Maybe he won't be there tomorrow. Now, in the immediate wake of the Max stabbings, you might have expected Joey Gibson to lay low for a little while. Instead, he used the tragedy as an excuse to host yet another rally. The mayor begged him not to, but he held his march anyway. It was obviously ended in a very messy brawl. Fourteen people were arrested. The Colombian interviewed him in the aftermath of that rally and caught him in an apology sort of mood. So here's uh, that Colombian article. Gibson called throwing that rally one of the tougher decisions he's had to make. He's unsure of why extremists are attaching themselves to him. Some, he thinks, might be looking for a home or a place to recruit. I didn't do a good enough job of speaking out against it, he said, adding that when left-wing groups contacted him and pointed out with photo evidence specific extremists at his rally, it was an eye-opener. I yeah. mean, he, he had to know that ahead of time. He he brought um, Tim Gionette baked Alaska to speak at that rally, and then the history of his anti-Semitic statements was very well known. He had already been exposed with that on the internet. It was common knowledge. He was being cited as an anti-Semite in, in news articles at the yeah. time. So the idea that Joey didn't know that ahead of time is frankly just BS. Yeah, it certainly does not seem... He, he would have had to not read anything about baked Alaska to not have known that. Uh, maybe he thought he was a dessert aficionado. <laughs> anyway, this eye-opener, as Joey said, did not inspire him to hold off on further rallies. Patriot Prayer has continued to regularly rally, mostly in Portland, but also in Berkeley and at one point in Austin to support Alex Jones when he was banned. This one seems to have more or less fizzled out. Some of Patriot Prayer's rallies have been relatively peaceable, uh, but tremendous shocking violence is an extremely regular occurrence. Now, y'all may disagree, but from how it looks just researching this as an outsider, it seems like the bloodiest single rally was June 30th, 2018. Um, I would agree with that, yeah. Patriot Prayer had billed it as a rally to, quote, promote freedom and courage in opposition to the terrifying Antifa menace. Portland Police Bureau declared it a riot. One man had his skull fractured when the police opened fire on counter-protesters. There's a video of the altercation, which we'll link on the site. Looking into it, you see nothing being tossed by the crowd until the police begin firing into the crowd, at which point you see the crowd throwing water bottles. Again, we'll link it. Uh, it happens about 17 seconds in is when you're, you see the fire. Con- sorry to interrupt. Oh, am you're I confu- conflating two confu- of the video? confusing two events. Jeez, so, so June many. 30th okay. was kind of a Patriot Prayer's response to a rally they held on June 3rd, 2018, um, which was billed as Tiny's Going Away Rally. Tiny obviously did not leave. He's still in Portland, Washington. Um, and at that rally, it was kind of very small. It was maybe like... 40 to 50, but mainly Proud Boys mm-hmm. and the anti-fascist counter-demonstration. And the Proud Boys really just went around looking for people to assault. That was kind of like they a did big... In New York. Yeah. yeah. They just assaulted kind of random people with like helmets, with their fists, with sticks. Um, and I think at that rally, the police actually said, hey, we can arrest you, but you guys should just leave instead. Oh, there's video of that. There's video of yeah. that yeah. incident. June 30th was kind of billed. They, th- they think they came off worse in that June 3rd yeah. rally. So the June 30th r- rally was really their response to that, to kind of pump up their machismo, really make them feel good about themselves again. And what we saw at that rally was kind of a really big confrontation between a really heavily Proud Boy group of Patriot Prayer that was planning on marching, that marched and then charged an anti-fascist line. The skull fracture in that case came from a proud boy named Ethan Nordeen, who um, fractured an anti-fascist skull. August 4th, August 4th was a month later. This was the next Patriot Prayer rally. This was, you know, 2,000 anti-fascists came out to oppose about 300 Patriot Prayer attendees. And at that one, the police kind of acted as Patriot Prayer's enforcers, um, keeping people away 
but allowing Patriot Prayer to have weapons, allowing them to march even though it wasn't permitted, and then firing and fracturing someone's skull and also giving several people chemical burns when they wanted to get back to their police cars. Yeah. And, we, and that's where the, vi- the video is from. That's the where the August video 4th is rally. from, yeah. But you, yeah. In the video, at about 17 seconds in, you can see the police fire, and then you see water bottles being tossed, essentially. Yeah. In, There's in other the video of that as well, where yeah. you can hear the cops saying, are those squad cars back there in the crowd? And then that was what catalyzed the decision to... To fire, and then they lied about there being objects thrown. Yeah, and there's a class action suit currently ongoing against the uh, the police department. Yeah, there's yeah. a number of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get into that once that's all resolved, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so I think if you dig into the matter, it's hard to avoid the conclusion that Patriot Prayer are the agitators here. For one thing, many of them aren't Oregonians. Vancouver is part of the Portland metropolitan area. You can almost view it as like a suburb of the city. Would that be fair to say, probably? I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, it's across the Columbia River in Washington, but a lot of people commute down I-5 into Portland from it. And in fact, most of Portland's police officers live in Vancouver. About half of them live outside the metro area, and a lot of those live in Vancouver. And it's a more conservative area and very different in culture than sort of the Portland that is more famous to people listening to this who know about Portland from the show Portlandia or whatever, like, right? Vancouver's a rather different place culturally than a lot of it, Portland. So it seems like you could make the case that some of these folks are essentially invading what they see as a liberal enclave. And there is some evidence to back that up, including what we talked about a little earlier, a post made on the Patriot Prayer Facebook page uh, by a guy named Jay Harris. And I'm going to read a little excerpt from that. And this was uh, in advance of the June 30th, 2018 rally. This Saturday, June 30th, 2018, the stench-covered and liberal-occupied streets of Portland will be cleansed. Cleansed, I say. The streets will be flowing with freedom, the air will be filled with patriotism, the cloud shall part, the darkness will fade, and the glory of America will shine forth. The cheers of celebrations shall bless the ears all around, young children will dance, as the praises of our great nation will be exclaimed without regret. Yeah, so he, he, it's... Some purple prose right there. <laughs> some very purple prose, but clearly some of these guys seem to see what they're doing as something of an invasion. Well, that certainly yeah. echoes what Joey considers it. You know, we have Joey on camera saying we're going to keep going into these, these called them places of darkness. And when describing, you know, coastal cities that have like kind of a left-wing liberal mm-hmm. tradition, Portland, Berkeley, San Francisco, he really does see himself as kind of this invading force that is planning on cleansing the city of, of the left. Yeah, and um, I did find one example of Gibson kicking someone from a rally, Raul Gonzalez, who sounds like he did not get to march with them, at least on June 30th. And Gonzalez is a racist skinhead and was essentially coming and he had the red suspenders on. He had, the, I forget the band shirt that he had on, but it was a... He also a, has a swastika knife. Yeah, swastika yes, uh, knife. Yeah, he known to wear a Hitler youth knife. He has yeah. the Sonnenrad symbol on a necklace yeah. that he wears. Yeah. And when he tried to march with Patriot Prayer, Gibson told him, quote, if you supported us, you wouldn't be here because you give us a bad name, which I think is pretty telling because it's not saying I reject you because you're wearing a swastika. I reject you because you're wearing explicitly Nazi paraphernalia. It's I reject you because you're giving us a bad name. And after after he said that, he actually let Raul stay because Raul refused to leave. So Joey was like, well, I can't do anything. I wash my hands of this because I have... No ability to kick people out of my own rally, apparently. Yeah, which is also counter to what he claims about Jeremy Christian, because in interviews he'll always say that he kicked Christian out of the rally. Right. Yeah. I also want to get into one other subject here, which is sort of the the claim of this group that they are uh, free speech 
supporters that that's and that you'll often hear that in sort of Joey talking to mainstream news that like that's his his angles I'm supporting free speech we're free speech advocates Tusitala Tiny Tozy has been so far accused twice of assaulting people who screamed at him like there's one case from the Vancouver Mall and then one yeah, from, from the Vancouver Mall Broadway and North uh, Northeast Broadway and 12th or so in yeah. Portland and the the Vancouver Mall one was a 17 year old shouted an obscenity to him and several proud boys as they drove past in a truck with had a Donald Trump flag on it and the proud boys got out and assaulted this young man and Tosi wrote on social media afterwards, we are not your average victimized Trump supporters. We fight back and we know how to throw our hand. You get smacked and now you're the victim. You asked for it, uh, added another member who was there. And then, of course, there was a separate assault, Mr. Ledwith, when that was the one on uh, in Portland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's, again, this guy who's often billed, at least, as Joey's right-hand man, has two credible cases of assaulting people for exercising their freedom of speech, which doesn't seem super consistent, but... <laughs> Anyway, I uh, mean, yeah, it really is consistent for what they do, yeah. though. I mean, when we, if we're kind of building this idea of what they're mm-hmm. doing, which is they want to assault the left, they want to come in and make the left afraid again, you know, as his T-shirt has said, you know, yeah. make communists afraid again of murder, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like, they use violence and this language as two tools in order to rally more people to their cause including, uh, you know, overt white supremacists and Nazis, and also to try and intimidate the public. And and that's one of the reasons that we do what we do, is we want to be able to uh, have the community be able to stand up and defend itself against this kind of incursion. And we don't want people to live in fear, people who, you know, are, are the kind of at-risk people, whether it's their politics, their uh, gender or sexual identity, the, the color of their skin, their religion, any of these things. We don't want people to have to be afraid in their own city of these kinds of groups coming in and using them as an example, using them as a uh, scapegoat for the gratification of these violent politics. Well, I'd like to close out by quoting uh, an article uh, written on Medium by a guy named Justin Ward. It's essentially multiracial fascists was the, the key t- phrase in the title. And it, he, he's really getting into sort of Patriot Prayer's claims about itself and, and what they actually are. And he provides a pretty salient point. So I'm going to quote him here. Patriot Prayer is a prime example of the cult of action for action's sake that Italian writer Umberto Eco described in his 1995 essay, Ur Fascism. Echo, who grew up during the rule of Mussolini, said fascists believe action is beautiful in itself and that it should be carried out with little or no contemplation because thinking is emasculation. When Patriot Prayer holds a rally, it rarely has a purpose beyond being patriotic or supporting free speech. He obviously puts little thought into the titles, giving them ridiculous Orwellian names like Peaceful Vancouver Freedom March or, most recently, the Portland Freedom and Courage Rally. I do think this sort of attitude of action for action's sake, and everyone is a hero, this cult of the hero thing, I think is... um, Maybe the most direct line you can draw between sort of old school fascist movements and what's going on with a group like this, this attitude of, of portraying yourself as a hero and putting yourself in a physical position where you can show yourself as being a warrior almost is like, I think that's, that's really key um, to understanding these people and understanding sort of their place within this broader cosmology. It's definitely a part of the, the Patriot Prayer mythos. Um, his group used to call itself, there were two names, American Freedom Warriors and warriors for freedom and some of them still have that tattooed on them mm-hmm. despite they're kind of not using that name anymore so this this idea of the kind of warrior for freedom that crusader that joey kind of sees himself as is definitely a huge part of the drive behind their movement yeah 
Well, guys, I think that's most of what I got here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna close this out. Before we roll out, do you have anything that y'all would like to plug? I would say if you're if you're interested in more information or seeing some of these receipts uh, of the sort of violence of Patriot Prayer and associated groups, definitely visit our website because we have up there a, a plethora of articles, um, kind of detailing and and going into um, extreme detail about the the sorts of things that these groups do and, it, and it's all documented and we feel like really that is the best evidence you know we, we can kind of talk about it and discuss it and, and that gets the ideas out there but like really people should go and look for themselves and then be able to judge once they've seen the aspects of what patriot purse says that joey gibson doesn't want you to see when he's talking to the camera yeah well all right guys that's going to be it for today. Thank you both for coming by and talking. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us. Time. Yeah. yeah, thank you. So this has been Behind the Bastards. I've been Robert Evans. You can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at @bastardspod. You can find us on the internet at BehindTheBastards.com where we will have all of the receipts for this episode, including some stuff that we didn't quite have time to get to. But there, there's a lot of information out there, so please check it out. And yeah, uh, until then, we'll be back soon with another thing. So check it out, listen in, and uh, I love about 40% of you. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.